Good to see you. Good to see you, Tom. Let's just make sure that all the recording stuff on. Tom Lynch, we've been planning this for quite a long time. I'm excited. We're down in London. Tell us a little bit about where we are. Okay. Um, we're in the London Ambulance Service HQ. We're now in the basement. I like to refer it as the CLU, so a cycle response unit, hub of excellence. And that goes down quite well. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been here? Um, I've been coming to this building uh, since 1992. Wow. So that's nearly 30 years. I trained here, uh, went off and worked in Brixton and Streatham and Heathrow. But then, obviously, because of the BMX background, riding bikes for a living mm-hmm. seemed to make sense. And um, we do it now on bicycles and save people's lives. Yeah. Well, we'll get into all that stuff a little bit later. We're definitely excited to just film in on everything and everybody. I know a lot of people are going to be really excited to listen to what you got to say, both from your racing career to the middle of your career, to the end of your career, and to what you're doing now and uh, what you've accomplished. It's amazing. Continue to be a success. And I'm excited to chat with you. Um, we've had a nice tour of the facility. It's uh, lovely to be down here in London. I'm going to catch up with some of the boys later. But um, let's talk uh, Tom Lynch. How did it all start? Well, I've been thinking this a while and it's never left me. So BMX is now. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gone away. So when people say retire or you used to be, I don't class myself as used to be anything, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm a BMX racer, you know? Um, and that sort of thread has continued throughout. But um, I was probably about eight years old and I thought, do you know what? I like riding these bikes. My little rally chipper mm-hmm. in Scotland, <laughs> scrambling, doing all that business. Rally 18, my sister's bike taping up with a crossbar and number plate and that sort of stuff. Um, moved to England, which is great. And um, all of a sudden I found myself um, in news agent and Lindsay had late and buzzard. Uh, big up to the Lindsay massive. Um, I'm in the news agent and I'm looking at a BMX magazine on the shelf. Do you know which one it was? It was Plus. Okay. Right. Um, I can visualise it now. It's a Plus. And um, I'm looking at it thinking... Oh my God, it's here. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but it's here. It, it's here. <laughs> and this is, this is it. This it, is a moment. I stood there yeah. and it felt like forever. And um, I think you have to save up and buy the magazine. It's so expensive. Grabbed up the shelf. That's it. This is what's happening. I'm doing it. I used to get the Trials Motocross News. In there I had the BMX part and BMX News. And I thought, this is it. This is, this, I'm born for this. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, it started like that, just messing about in the bikes, on the dirt tracks, making jumps and that, which is great. But then to actually get a, a proper BMX bike, um, from what I could see in the BMX news and stuff was, there was going to be an event, and that was Earl's Court 81. Mm-hmm. Went along there, I'm banging to motocross, I want to get a motocross bike, end up getting motocross bikes anyway, but BMX was it. Turned up there. See Alan Woods, Jane Window, Kevin Vieri, Keith Wilson, Stu Thompson. Okay, it was many years ago, yeah. Okay. And I, I think I was speechless. I didn't, you know, my dad was with me. I was looking around thinking, what? This is a different world, you know? So I sat in a Pooch Murray, a Team Murray 330, I think it was. And um, I'm going, go get one. It was either that or the Mongers Wild Wheel, but end up getting a 340. Right. The Mag Wheels, the Leicester Mags. Yes. 
It's cool, man. That thing was a tank. <laughs> yeah, so getting involved like that, and all I wanted to do was um, just jump around and stuff. And that's all I was doing. And do you know what? I was absolutely happy jumping on the wooden ramps we made, the dirt jumps. Um, but then one of my buddies said, um, they're making a BMX track. I'm going, we're going, we're going. <laughs> so we jumped on a train. And by that point, BMX is starting to really get a bit of momentum where there was two kids, three kids, four, ten, 10 kids, 20 kids, 30 kids, you know, 30 kids out in the street on BMX bikes, riding around like, like a posse, you know. So we all jump on the train and we went to Bleak Hole, which is Milton Keynes. Mm -hmm. So the Milton Keynes first track. Now, if I can describe gnarly, so that BMX <laughs> word, gnarly, like you were going to die. This guy, Bob, the speedway guy, um, he made this gnarly motocross track, but for BMXs. Because mm -hmm. of course, that's, that's our roots, right? That's our roots. Dirt, mud, 180 berms, steep banks. I jump, even I jump downhill, left-hander, back-to-back. It was just insane. Mm -hmm. And I'm riding that track thinking, like, not only I'm in, like, in BMX heaven, but it was something where, at the end of the day, you were tired, you were knackered, you really had done something. But all we were doing was just racing around the track. But I remember jumping so high one day, I smashed my teeth in just because it was so fast, you know. And getting that air was just something, it was something new. Yeah, but the, the bike really helped you get that momentum. So that was my first Team Murray. Turned up on my Kuwahara KZ2 because um, the Team Murray died after a little while. <laughs> I had various replacements, 330, 360, even enough for the motocross shop down by me on the bridge, Lindsay Lake Buzzard, um, drilled the gooseneck. Because they said, don't come back, man, don't come back. We'll drill it, we'll drill it. So I bit a bolt through the gooseneck. They kept on having the bars slip. <laughs> they gave up on me because I kept on smashing the rear, rear triangle out. So my dad took me to London, Alpine Action, got a Kuara KZ2. Oh, nice. Red Z rims. It was light, big fat tires on it, 2.125 on the front, IRC. 175 in the back this was just this was a bike that I knew I could fly and it did how come you went to Alpine Action you'd seen it in the magazines or something seen the magazines yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my dad always loved London yeah even in Scotland we're always coming to London an overnight sleeper and stuff you know yeah but don't forget my dad was only 19 when he had me so oh 19. wow yeah so yeah, yeah. for him you might as well say he was doing it as well yeah yeah you know and um we did actually, he arm wrestled the guys in Alpine Action to get a deal. You know what I mean? You know? Um, but with all these BMX posses coming to the door and stuff, they'd come around and call for my dad. You know, because he was hilarious. <laughs> right, he was hilarious. Right. So we're going with the, the Kohara, and that was um, really some machine. And as I was riding around, I can notice there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on because there's a bit of a, uh, a movement now of people going racing around yeah. the country. And uh, this guy said to me, my dad wants to speak to you. And it's Jamie. So, um, Jamie Lambert, his dad was Brian. And he goes, I'm not being funny, but you got to go racing. And I went, no, I'm fine. I'm doing these tabletops, man. Out of the way, you know. <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 no. you got to come racing with us. Yeah. How did you learn how to do that? And I'm going, do what? And I think one of the, my favorite tricks at the time was, it was more like a dirt jump made like a quarter pipe. But then you would fly up and then do some kind of foot plan and kick your foot off the top of the lip, which would send you into like an inverted tabletop, you know? I'm doing this crazy shit, but it was just, it worked, you know? Yeah. So 
So um, I spoke to my parents and they went, yeah, no problem. They didn't know what BMX was really in that in BMX racing. They mm-hmm. knew what the dirt jumping was and the motocross I wanted to get into and stuff like that. You know, I still wanted the motocross bike. YZ100, that's what I wanted. Uh, Yamaha. Uh, my my idols at that time were like Bob Hanna. Um, and um, used to buy all the motocross magazines. So for me, I was doing motocross. Yeah, and yeah. That was that. So I took me racing. Um, went to Bournemouth, one of the first races. And, um, well, club races and stuff I won at Milton Keynes. Yeah. It was cool. Uh, we'd give tips to Bob how to build better things and stuff. And it kept on advancing, advancing, advancing into a gnarly track. Yeah. And he made it so interesting that he'd do switchbacks and stuff and change, change the layout all the time, jump into the speedway track. Um, he do some crazy stuff there, which was really, in a sense, if you imagine it, it was like dirt jumping. Mm-hmm. But it was a track and you'd have these combinations. So I went to Bournemouth and um remember the first BMX I saw a real sort of race was uh Darren Wood at okay. the petrol station <laughs> with <laughs> these funny. Oakley um braces on. Right. right. Laugh at this. That's funny then you yeah. guys end up yeah. being rivals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've seen him. And these guys were factories, I don't forget. So I'm, right. like, I'm this kid, whatever I had like Bill What was leathers and um Max Top. Yeah. Protect lid. Right. So I looked pretty amateur, but I think my bike was dialed though. So yeah. My bike, there was something about, I spent a lot of time yeah. tweaking, taking apart, tweaking, tweaking, until it was just, just what I talked a minute ago, like, yeah. I could sit in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And said, and you saw it, you go, yes, that's, you got it. It's yeah, dialed. good. I didn't know what exactly it was doing, but it felt right, you know? Yeah. Um, So we get to the track, and I'm in awe. I see Ruffle, I see March, and... I was sort of starstruck. Was it national? It was a regional. Okay. It was a regional. And um, starstruck. But then I see Stu Diggins. Right. <laughs> the most factory yeah, of yeah. factory guys. He was the number one. He was the golden boy. He was everything for the age group. Did you already know who he was? Before? I knew who he was. I knew yeah. who he was. Yeah. yeah. Just reading the mags and stuff. All right. And there's pictures all over the mags. Yeah. And Darren Wood. And uh, I think Darren Wood was still up and coming, but he was well ahead of me. Yeah. And I'm going... Oh my god! Like yeah. this is what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not winning here, you know. <laughs> and get on the gate and stuff. And actually, I think I won loads of motors and stuff. Yeah. And I'm going. Oh, I might be all right at this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um. So I got third. Dickens won. Downward second. I okay, got third. That's good. Yeah, respectful. I felt. Yeah. You know, after that, I felt pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, Brian and Jamie couldn't believe it in the same age group. Jamie's the same age group. Yeah. And um, you can believe it. No one could believe it. I like going well. Yeah, I felt all right. You know. Mm. And um. I got home to tell the folks. Yeah. But they're already celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> we called them. Yeah. They'd gone to London because my dad and mum mom and dad uh, love London. Right. They were in a big hotel celebrating. Right. I had to go. Celebrating. I had a baby, I had a, my babysitter. How old was I? 14? 13? Yeah. 13. 13. Yeah. Um, my babysitter had to take me to London mm-hmm. to go and celebrate. Getting a third at regional. <laughs> Their mum and dad had never been to a proper BMX race before. So that was hilarious. <laughs> um, so it was like a being chaperoned from a yeah. early age, like, you know. But that was, the, that was the first one. And that sort of thread continued from UK BMX, membership number 3068. 3075. Uh, yeah, that's it, right, that's it. And then the NBMX, we done at the same time. So I was first on UK BMX, and then... Real quick, because me and you were talking before the podcast, and 
you was telling me your license, first license plate was 3068. Yeah. And I was telling you, well, mine was 3075. That's it. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. We probably joined the same week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little green card, well, little greener, bluish card. I don't know. UK, I don't know. Yeah. Mum was a secretary then. She'd have done it. Got one somewhere. Um, yeah, so that, that was it. And then you start thinking, okay, well, what's next? You know, and um, I remember having quite a serious conversation with my dad because he was into um, boxing and running and high jumping and all that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. physical training. So um, he had, I mean, I didn't really know what that stuff, but he had the knowledge mm-hmm. and maybe the, the mental aptitude to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we always had fantastic holidays and experiences and everything else, you know. Um, but you seen I liked something, you know, so you, you took it on board. So we made a deal, cut a deal. Um, <laughs> and, and the deal was that he was to hold me through it um, with a kit and everything else and go racing, started to take it seriously. Yeah. If I took it seriously, um, but I had to cut a deal. And the deal was to be the best in the world, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, shit. Like, that's well, a big deal. That's you know. Yeah. A, and uh, I made a deal. Yeah. That was a deal. So that's some challenge. But you could say that was way, 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 way in the future deal. But to yeah. get there, yeah. I didn't know mm. there's a series of mm-hmm. aims and goals and yeah. things I yes. to achieve. So in a sense, he got me set up to take it a step at a time yes. and, and create these things. Mm-hmm meet these challenges and mm-hmm. then go on to the next one the next one so he put in place a train program um, and when I reflect because I have a lot of time to think about this sort of stuff is um, I didn't know but I was training when I was eight you know so I'd go out on my bike where he was running mm-hmm. or I'd be running and he'd be skipping or whatever yeah and I didn't know this stuff so actually from doing that sort of work he's putting the base in yeah and Maybe he didn't know what I was training for because we hadn't discovered BMX at right. that point. But for all those tools you can give a kid, maybe, from mm-hmm. the Cub Scouts mm-hmm. to the training to the adventuring, the yeah. climbing mountains or whatever, these are all challenges. And um, none of it was easy. Uh, like, none of it. No. Like, I never, ever beat him running. Like, he never let me beat him, right. ever. I never beat him once. <laughs> so... It's almost like you've, you've got someone with that drive. Yes. They're not giving in to you just to make it easy, mm-hmm. you know. So I'll train him, man. Like the blood would be coming from my knuckles and <laughs> on, honestly, and the punch bag stuff and all that, you know. But of course, I was kind of a quiet kid anyway. Um, so that's how I got into the sort of BMX early days of it. Yeah. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't not necessarily know where it would take you, mm-hmm. you know. But it was an interest. I think the first I saw of you, and it's because we bought the video and I watched it um, over and over and over, was the first NBMXA British Championships in 1983, which was my first British Championships. You was there and you was in the final. I think you had Kawara pants on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you're in the final yeah. with yeah. Stu wins, Whoppers. The first time yeah. I saw Whopper yeah. was second. Yeah. And you was yeah. in that pretty timperant. He was a yeah, pretty, pretty stacked main. Yeah, I've got that was the first. Six, yeah, yeah, which is pretty six, respectable yeah. for. Yeah. Was that your real first big one then? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. So um, I, love, I was on a laser light then. Okay. So <clears throat> I love the bikes, man, as you can see in this room. Right. Um, so I switched onto a laser light, um, which in a sense was a bit smaller than the KZ, it felt, the Kohara. But in any case, that's when I started getting set up with the 
at a, a Elena seat, but then changed it to a uni seat, got into unis, love the unis. What's up with your age group and Kawaras? Was like uh, still just you, like influence and everything. Yeah, yeah, maybe like that you, was it. Paul Roberts, Darren yeah, Wood. Roberts, yeah, yeah. Lee Alexander. Yeah. It's a lot of people on the Kawara. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But even the colours, it was mm. a trick outfit, the colours. Uh, There's some really good adverts going out as well at that time. You Gary know. Wallace. Gary Wallace. And yeah. then there was pictures like um, Greg Alderman. Okay. You know name? Yeah, he's a bit and older. Yeah, yeah. Tabletop. Yeah, good jumps. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah, Number yeah. six. So there's some stuff going on there. You yeah. Nikki Matthews, I think, yes. was on Kuwahara. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, was Kev Ray on Kuwahara? No. I think so. Rally. Oh, okay. Kev was Rally. Oh, right, right. Um, so this laser and then the rental bars. So I had a bit of a yeah a, a warming to rental bars, mm-hmm. uni seats, yeah, um, and stuff like that. And Nala nobbies. I, I, I was well by using Nala nobby tires. You know, you had a bigger tire. I know a lot of people did that, but you was kind of I would say one of the earlier guys to have a, a bigger bigger tire on the front and a one seven five on the back. I would yeah, presume, yeah, right? Yeah, two one two five. Yeah, yeah, always. Um, and my take on that was uh, that you could really push yourself to see how far your traction could go in yeah. the corners mm-hmm. and really know how far your bike could go. Yeah. But you would do that to an extent that you would do it until you crashed. Right. So some of the best races I've ever done was I'd be hurting because I'd be crashing in practice <laughs> yeah. just to know how Pushing. far yeah, my yeah. bike could go, you know. Um, so that was a laser light. And I, I love that little laser light. Um, my buddy Scott Blunden, I think, has got that laser light. Um, you must have got yeah. swooped up by Patterson pretty quick after that though, right? Uh, well, yeah, you got a bit of a... You, you feel something happening because, you know, parents are talking and stuff like that. Um, and, of course, a lot of factory teams are coming on board. Yeah. You're getting friends with people. And you, you, it was sort of written in the mags that that was the direction you should go. Yeah. But it was hard. I mean, there was no... No one got a factory deal back then if they weren't any good but everyone expected it yeah yeah so for me and my dad it was like putting in the hours mm. so I wouldn't presume or expect anything really uh, you would know you were worth it if you achieved the results and stuff like that yeah so when I got approached oh no we wrote letters to um, what was it, was it even OT Cycles Gecko yeah um, I think we did even write to Hotshot once but they're they're the guys that picked me up yeah um, and even even an I'm going to say this here and you're going to laugh your head off. My dad would write to everybody. Yeah, my dad too, yeah. <laughs> he even wrote to Donald Trump. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking, you know. And we got some dollars. Not many. Right, right. Yeah, because I, I haven't got the letter, but I can remember the letter. Wow. I had the Trump tabs on and stuff like that. Right. Hilarious. No one knows that stuff. Um, <laughs> so he'd write to everybody of everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it was hot shot. So uh, uh, Dave Dawson, mm-hmm. um, I got talking to him. And then, of course, Jane Wendell, mm-hmm. uh, as we know, Cardoza. Mm-hmm. Cardoza, yeah. Robert, so yeah. Uh, that little setup was something where I didn't sort of realise what was happening, that I thought I'm going to be sponsored by a team. So I had to sort of prove myself a bit. All eyes were on me, and that was kind of nerve-wracking. That was at Bingley Hall, 84, 83? Could have been 83, because I was racing for them in 84. Yeah. Indoors. And um, I won that race in Pete. Dave's dad welcomed me to the team new shirt won the race thought that was cool I thought that was it yeah I got a shirt I'm in a team right <laughs> but no way man I did not realise they were lining up team Patterson for me team Redline oh they were importing everything there from SST dirt skirts 
to the Vans, to Tioga, to um, Larry Wilcox from Chips. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they they were they were big. They Glad were they big. didn't put you on that one. So then let me tell you. So um, all of a sudden, I found myself with new bikes, all the gear, the Echo helmets. Did the, you get the choice, Redline or Patterson? Or no, I think they lined me up Patterson. Patterson, yeah, 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 yeah. They lined me up Patterson. Um, Tim Prim would have been Redline, right? Yeah, he was Redline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I'm unsure if um, I'd had the talks around because in that sort of time, I had. A bit like you said, we're talking about having experts that you could relate to. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was relating to Jason Jensen. He was on Talker. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Richie Anderson, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point, I didn't stop talking about Richie Anderson. You know, we saw tricks or dialed, all the stuff's going on with Richie. He was, had a different sort of look. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it looked achievable, mm-hmm. you know. So I made those sort of connections. But it lined me up um, in Patterson. And um, before I knew it, like, I got this factory deal. I got a contract, you know, mm-hmm. as a 13, 14 year old kid, I'm signing a contract, mm-hmm. like, this team. Within that, and it's like with me today, and they've, uh, I've learned, I learned great lessons then that I still continue with now. <clears throat> and Les Window was obviously the boss, mm-hmm. Jenny's dad, and Steve, the brother, like to be professional, you know, so, you know, don't let your sponsors down, mm-hmm. uh, don't bring the, not the organisation but the teams into disrepute and what right. we're doing here we're promoting the sport the kids you know all the stuff in the contract yeah. and I'm going this is fantastic this is like this is you're a proper sports person yeah. you know um, and maybe there wasn't many sports at that time that had that sort of outlook for kids sports you know I mean don't forget if we go back into the 80s a lot of people reflect on BMX now um, as something magnificent mm-hmm. but at the time you were really cool for riding a little BMX yeah, bike yeah. down the street Absolutely, you know yeah. the kids at school were ripping me mm-hmm. you know um, and that one for a long time but I just held my ground you wore vans and they were plimsolls which yeah. like, <laughs> were like kind of the school yeah. shoe for yeah. the PE one it like yeah yeah, yeah. Like, why you got plimsolls on but the, at the weekend I was up racing every part of the country you could ever imagine yeah and then um, either getting hammered and getting knocked off or winning races and then mm-hmm. coming back and going to school. Um, so I didn't know much out of the bag early days, like, you know, uh, what was going on. But what I did notice um, was my body started to get stronger mm-hmm. um, and I was beating all the kids that were picked for all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened there was that I was training. So I was training harder than I ever trained before because I had these goals to make. Yeah. Um, I was having some lifelong lessons about training for myself not to prove something or indeed not to do it like for my dad the training aspect of it was that I would I would eventually get to know myself so as a kid that, I think early on when I look back on that that was quite something when you really are self aware and to know what you've got got to do to achieve something um, that sort of hits you quite hard it's almost like you, you feel like you, you're awake so the kids at school that are doing the cross country I'd lap them and then hang out at the back with my buddies you know <laughs> so and for me it was always funny yes. I was, it, I was always funny at school anyway but it's just funny because you're doing it making effort and things are happening. Yeah, yeah. So I've yeah. certainly got to see progress. If yeah. I do this now, every day, 
at the weekend I've already won yeah yeah you know so there's a whole a whole aspect of racing for me where it really was that I in the early days of Patterson before I got to the race in my mind I'd already won the race mm-hmm. you know and I didn't tell anybody but it hopefully it doesn't sound big headed but you put in the hours and the dedication in focus your mind with the mental picturing and that's something that I picked up um not long ago that Simon Hayes mentioned on his mental picturing mm-hmm. he used that quite a lot where you wouldn't have to be the biggest guy in the group the biggest guy in the field that if you had a few key things you could work on then actually you're halfway there to getting a win you know so I really enjoyed my time on Patterson that mm-hmm. was um special you know to hang around with Brian Patterson Brent Patterson me Rich Anderson all that stuff the like, English he, team was the O'Connor brothers yeah, the O'Connors, Mark and Gary. And and you? And me. And then another fellow. Dave Dawson a little bit, right? On a Dave was the original, bit, his original yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he left to join the army before he gave me some some survival skills. <laughs> <laughs> I was working in the back of Hot Shop. Uh, a uh, small little compact team, but... Yeah, yeah. And then uh, with another fellow, Mark... I can't remember his name. Oh, Mark Gregg. That's it. Coventry, yeah, 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 yeah. He was a good rider, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Stockwell joined the team. And that for me was probably quite a pivot. Because John Stockwell was a London boy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that could ride skate parts to death. Better than any rider has seen riding skate parts. The bowls, tabletop on all over the place. Mm-hmm. The moguls and all that. So he joined the team. And um, uh, struck out quite a good relationship with John, like, you know. Yeah. And, and, and so obviously, 84, you started. That's when the national title started to come in. Obviously, in 85... You know, maybe let's talk about Spain, which was oh yeah, eighty five first yeah, yeah. iconic yeah uh, major. I mean, yeah, just inspirational yeah. for us watching you win oh, that European man. title. You know, man, that was something else. Um, but I, I suppose to get to get there was a shaky year because I got switched on to Redline, <clears throat> and I tried the Redline bike, and it was just jumping all over the place. This Redline Carrera, I think it was called. Or PL PL20 20 or something, PL20, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I said to Potshot, can I run Patterson? <laughs> <laughs> so I put some red line stickers on it. Um, we done that, but then it was more or less going to be like our, our last race. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> BMX had, I think it had peaked by that point, really, for the big 80s stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, and that was only 85. Um, but during that time, work up to that year, I think I had a national win, UK BMX national win at Coxmoor that year. Um, I was number one in BMXA anyway that mm-hmm. year. Um, ended up number two UK BMX. Yeah, Darren Wood, Wood yeah. you know, a tough competitor, man. I tell, I tell him he owes me the skin from my elbows, <laughs> you know. But that age group, you know. I mean, it, Stu Diggins, talk that, about him, yeah. That, you know, he was he, already the European champion a couple yeah, of times, right? Yeah, yeah. And these are big factory team guys, you know. Yeah. Steve Grice, Birmingham yeah, Wheels. Yeah. Oh, he was Mongoose, Birmingham Wheels. Steve Greaves was a Euro Greaves. champ as well. Greaves. There was Grice on Birmingham oh, Wheels, but Steve Greaves was Mongoose, and I think oh, right. he yeah. won the Euros yeah, a couple yeah. er, years yeah. previous to you. Uh, but then you got Clive. Yeah. So I was knocking about with, uh, my first race with Clive was that pool race. You okay, know, yeah. With, with 84. Dolly's 84. Yeah. As far as I met Clive, we are good buddies, and of course Paul Roberts. Yeah. Um, but then you got Lee Alexander, phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, Dave Morris, Papa Watkins, Tim Print, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of Northern guys, uh, David Haynes. Yeah. Um, there's a guy who's just shouting the races. 
<laughs> FBH good paddle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, Lee Alexander would all go, hold up, hold up on the game right, every yeah, time. Yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up Vic, hold up hold Vic. Hold up Vic. Hold up Les. So that, uh, that age group yeah. was stacked. Yes. And I reckon there's probably about 10 people that could win. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and sometimes you just, you wouldn't even make the semi. You know, mm-hmm. just an incredible age group. But going up to that, is it Kellogg's before? Was it you had done the Kellogg's in 84, but you'd have probably done the Kellogg's oh, yeah, 85. You Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, did, you, you won a lot of... Sorry about that. Yeah, but you yeah, were close yeah. to winning the overall, but you won a lot of rounds, at least. You know. Yeah, 84 was sketchy. That was hard work, man. That was getting dragged around the country. Mm-hmm. But you're on TV, right? That was pretty good, you know? Yeah. I, bet, I bet the kids at school were like going, he's on TV. Uh, well, like, <laughs> even better than that. Hotshot <laughs> said, all the number ones... We're taking it to Las Vegas. Right. And I go, what? what? And he, you know, Les, he did. He took all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Sergio Nichols, um, n- uh, Little Nick. Nick Gill. Nick Gill. Um, we had, of course, a brother met Robbie and Morales there. Dalton, Nicky Dalton. <laughs> Nick Dalton, yeah. 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 Um, Geth was redline, but he came in in eighty five. Yeah, right, so right. Geth and and his brother Charles. I think Charles was on Hotshot first. I think Charles might have rode for redline as well. Definitely Hotshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, Geth yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Geth, so yeah. we all went to America, which is cool. Um, that was end of eighty three for our eighty four World Championships in Las Vegas. So you did the Rennie Roker Vegas Worlds, yeah. Yeah, I think it was USBA. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was something else, man. I did. I got battered there as well, you know. Just on Americans, but I learned quite a lot. I came back a better racer. Uh, but spending that time being on Patterson, I mean, I just like hanging about with Brent and Brian mm-hmm. and John Cruz was there and all the Patterson riders at this event. Yeah, it was it was just it was phenomenal. You got phenomenal. some great pictures with them guys as well. Yeah, yeah, that was that was insane. These these are the guys in the magazines, the plastered on my wall, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I certainly sent. He didn't think it was real. You know, because it felt mm-hmm. like you're in the movies. You know, going to America, as I'm sure you feel today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went there, and I think um, a few of the guys said, "Oh, what's that on your race pants, man?" Like it's a cinch for Lynch, right? Um, and that was actually um, Sarah Jane's dad, Mick. Just got the slogan because at the time everyone had slogans on yes. the on the race pants, you know. But yeah, so that was a good year. That was one of the first. Kellogg's, but then the Euros the next year. Barcelona. Yeah. Is that before the Kellogg's the next year? I think the Kellogg's would have gone first, probably. Kellogg's, yeah. 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 So that's when I got separated from Darren Wood. Because mm-hmm. um, we had a really good rivalry, and he was always pushing, pushing, pushing. And maybe now I take the opportunity to say, you know, all those riders in the age group, your Clive, your Robs, um, uh, the Alexanders, and all that bunch where... It was Dave Morris Whopper. Mm-hmm. They were pushing, pushing, pushing all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what propelled me yeah. to go on yes, to yeah. take Superclass early. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so with, with that in mind, when the Kellers came across the next time, um, that was just weird, man. That was like um, doing the filming, going back to the hotel. And seen it on TV. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you're sitting in a room with Gesher, Sergio Nichols, you know, um, Paul Clarkson, who's on the team. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Um, John Stockwell. You're in these little bed and breakfasts at Birmingham. 
going, this is mad. Like, mm-hmm. You're watching it every week yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on TV. And of course, still trying to be, be a school kid, you know. Um, so that's pretty good. But then I think I won a few of them, which was good. Um, and again, that mentality of it doesn't matter how late you came out the gate, I can still see the clarity of trying to get to the front. Yeah, know? yeah. And I love working through the pack. And I think maybe I wasn't as strong as, didn't have many strong first few pedals. Mm-hmm. But then other, other kids were bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got used to working through the pack, you know? And indeed I would practice that. So I'd even practice it with my pedals and stuff like that. Just little little tricks here and there, like, you know? Um, I had a few wins there, which is great. I know, it was, I know it was wet and muddy and I didn't mind the mud and all that. People complaining, but it's like, well, it's happening. It's on. The race is on. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Until there was this little kid that joined the last one. <laughs> <laughs> this little kid that got drafted in. Who did you buy for? Uh, Rainbow JMC. Rainbow JMC, yeah. And I thought, you know, all I've got to do is stay on my bike. And this little kid, I don't know how the points worked out. This little kid with skinnies. Hey, Dale Holmes <laughs> comes in, way. and I think that's where he started to look around the field. So he was looking around the field, yeah. and then he went boom. He didn't go squarely. You were in front of me. I just flipped over the bars. I think was... I was just to make sure. I'd, I just didn't want to come last. I think, and I totally got in your way, which cost you the overall. So I, did know? it? I don't know. I, I yeah, don't know the points, yeah, but yeah. you soon sort of. I'm I'm already on the next thing. Yeah, so I'm already on, I'm already on the next thing. Right. So anyway, the Kellogg's was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, um, and for anybody. Um, and I'll, I'll try and link it up with some of the stuff I post around this uh, podcast. Round two of the 1985 Kellogg's, it would have been the 15-year-old boys' final in the rain, and that's think, one of Tom's uh, iconic rides where you come from the back and pass everybody, you know, um, in the wet. And I think it definitely inspired me as long as, you know, so different, so many people. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth you guys going out and check that because it just shows you, if you don't know too much about Tom's history, just how good he was in the pack. And uh, you'll see how he did it in the mud, which was was pretty cool. Hmm. But at those times, seeing all those pros, so I would absolutely study the craft. Mm-hmm. I'd be watching Shoe Thompson. I'd be following Harry Leary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I followed, I think he had to shake me off eventually. <laughs> Harry Leary done this little turn and noticed him too where... He would jump on one of the last turns and be quite inverted to cross up, to cross down, mm-hmm. to make it nice and tight and not slip out. And of course, everyone's slipping out. Followed them, followed them, followed them. Got the line, got the line. Mm-hmm. And I got a win because of that as well. So watching all these guys, but also hanging out with them. Um, I think it was uh, Richie Anderson's counting his money in his hotel bedroom. We all come <laughs> in, we, we stormed the room like, right. you know. Counting his cash. I was with Simon Hayes as well. And of course... Uh, or even John Stockwell at that time as well, like, you know. But, um, yeah, so many experiences, they're really mm-hmm. built up. <clears throat> and you end up with that sort of time by even training with Geth. I was training with Geth climbing the wooden bridge. Mm-hmm. And he really pushed you. I yeah. mean, like, I was in pain, you know, really pushed you. And it mattered, but I didn't think it did matter, though, just the bridge. Mm-hmm. And bang, 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 you know, it was like thunderbolts, it felt like when right. you were doing it for real, like, you know. So that was really good to be spending that time with that sort of level of natural ability, but then hardened pros from America. Mm-hmm. But of course, we had Geth, mm-hmm. and Geth beat them all. Mm-hmm. So for us, that was like a magical moment, mm-hmm. you know? It almost made sense that everything at that point was achievable. Mm-hmm. So, hang on, Geth just 
beat all the American pros, you know. So for a kid looking up to him, that was special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really special moment, you know. Um, but you asked about the Euros. <clears throat> so this is all kind of money in the bag experience. Yeah. All leading up to this first big yeah. title on the line yeah, outside yeah. the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I'm thankful for, for people taking time. So people would take time and say, hey, Tom, I know you do this thing. And I'd go, oh, okay. And I'd listen to them. Oh, okay, 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 right. And I've got to find out if that benefits me. So I've got to try it, mm-hmm. you know. And there's particular little things, like little cross-ups, little power wheelies, yeah. the way to take a turn. So I'd be walking around the track and looking at it, and look at it almost like photographically. Mm-hmm. I've known everything about that particular turn or that thing. Um, so I was really studying that. And those sort of things came into play where... Um, so 15 expert, European Championships, Barcelona. Um, keep myself cool and be in the zone all week. Um, not overdoing things. I've got to do one job, which is bring home the win. And um, people go abroad, maybe those times have a bit of a laugh and stuff like that. You yeah, know? But yeah. at that time, I'm watching my diet, my nutrition, yeah. like getting my sleep. You see, you're way ahead of ever cool. all those guys, and we're I'm not. Taking salt tablets, yeah. I've got cool towels on. Yeah. My dad was there, he's training me, he's looking after that. We've got one thing to do here. Yeah. After that, you can, you can relax and have fun. Yeah. But why are we here? Yeah. That journey was in a minibus we drove <laughs> from here, which I felt the long way, we got the boat quite far down. That minibus was full of like, um, Paul Ray, right? Yeah, yeah. Sergio Nichols, uh, little Michael Nichols, of course, all their parents, mm-hmm. um, my family and my sister, uh, mum and dad. I don't know how we fit, fit, fit it on, <laughs> you know? How did we ever do that? But it was fun, it was really mm. fun, you know? Um, yeah, so the main comes around, and of course, I meet an international guys, probably for the second or third time. But these are names like Yui Sturm, mm-hmm. the German fellow, Factory GT, or, or of course the Dutch guys, the French guys. There's a whole team of people there. I think Wilco, Grand Wilco was near it, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they've got some, some big names there, you know, for the experts. And um, it's almost like it, it, it didn't mean anything. I don't know what sort of my mind at that point was it could have been Superman on the gate mm-hmm. it wouldn't have phased me you know and uh, like I said before I was kind of a quiet person so maybe no one would have expected it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so actually it wouldn't matter how much you tried to psych me out it, it's not going to work mm-hmm. you know um, so yeah I took that race and um, I think it was like a, a second so I bunched up in the first second for a little while and then there was certain moves I could do over the triples and yeah. and jumps and stuff that I knew how to turn it, to lay it down, little cross up, all these little yeah, intricate yeah. things. I think he before the race it was it was Sarah's dad. Uh Mick Nichols would say if you your power wheelies are okay, he said, but when you power wheelie and you go into a jump and you cross up, you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, take it on board, take it on board, you know. So you're learning all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was probably open to that. So I used those moves and just banged it and just boomed away uh, taking the first place on that and yeah, yeah. it was a funny sensation because when you're achieving that goal and you're still doing it um, it's I'm very conscious of um, there's a certain uh, calmness to it so you can't hear anything mm-hmm. you're in your own zone mm-hmm. um, and I would enjoy the moment so actually 
I don't know how that was for other races, but when you reach that point where it's happening, you're in that moment, that's what it's for, and you're still in the race. You know, so that was very enjoyable. And of course, Mark G at the finish line with his Union Jack shorts <laughs> on. And same as John Stockwell as well, you know. Right. All the pros and stuff like that. So, yeah, phenomenal experience, you know. And then hanging about, even, and we didn't party because we weren't even drinking, but I never drank anyway. But Robert's in the evening, everyone's sort of like um, celebrating success as a team. Yeah. Now, funny enough, my rivals, so Dan Wood, Stu Diggins, Warren Godfrey, mm-hmm. they were all there. And this is where maybe at that time it's it's very it's a a very warming and um team camaraderie type thing, even if we weren't a team of individuals. Yeah. All those guys celebrated my success yeah. of that win. That's cool, yeah. And I'm and you're thinking, okay, bro, we battle every weekend, but they're really happy for me. And I yeah. thought that was great to yeah, be in that yeah. to be in that environment when you and guys you're racing all the time were happy for you winning were just as equally mm-hmm. they could have won it. Yeah, yeah. Diggins, Ron Godfrey, Tim Print, mm-hmm. of course, Whopper, um, Zoma Watkins, um, Woody, you know, mm-hmm. it all sort of came together at that moment. So I was really chuffed and also really proud of UK BMX you know mm-hmm. with a lot of uh, competitors a lot of main contenders you know mm-hmm. um, I think Simon just won the race before Simon yeah yeah, yeah. Before. Anthony House won before and that House before that yeah that's yeah. it that's it and we're sort of still in contact on the Facebook and social media and stuff like that you know so yeah it was a great time a really great time but sadly that was my last ride for um, Redline or Patterson and I was um, just a privateer as you call it after that finish the year off then number two behind Woody as a privateer and then you decide to go super class and sign for Robinson yeah. so maybe tell us about that well I did have to apologise for Woody first right. because we're, I mean I'm on the edge now I'm on the edge I'm, I'm hungry I'm on the edge I'm doing it all right yeah okay? and uh, both organisations wrapped up a number one in MBMXA as well yeah I think it was the second year for that and um, I took Woody out and he would laugh if he hears this where um, I didn't mean to but I was pedaling so much into turns, so much out of turns mm-hmm. my pedal hit the floor at Whitehaven went over the bars took him out I didn't mean to take him out you know <laughs> that was all privateering you know um, but he knows about that I didn't mean it there's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a picture somewhere I'm sure but yeah so privateering looking for sponsors and stuff you know but you know what I was just happy to Robin Patterson yeah um, I still be hitting the uh, training we're doing at a, a special place which is Rushmere Can- Country Park now it used to be Heathen Reach Woods I'd go there dig out for a day make the jumps ride 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 that was just a phenomenal place to go training like you know mm-hmm. I'd be doing that all the time and still and you know what sometimes being on my own and doing all that was a good feeling the better feeling would be with your buddies mm-hmm. and then racing in a sense was the pinnacle of stuff um, and of course I'm still into it um, so yeah end of that year is that 85? 85 85 yeah, end yeah, of 85 yeah, yeah. so yeah. then you turned super class yeah, but you would have been still JMC I was two years below you so I was yeah 13 so you were going to super class I going to 14s yeah and then but you were on JMC still at that time no I then went right. to Powerlight right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's so then yeah that would have been 86, we'd got word that the Worlds were going to be in Slough. 
and uh, yeah, you made the big change to, you know, first of all, with the worlds in Slough, you might have thought you want to stay down and have a bit more chance of that, but you just mm, rolled mm, the dice, mm. went super class. Well, and, I, uh, I, was, I was hungry to go pro. Yeah. Uh, but I think you had to go super class to go pro. You know, because I was always, I was probably annoying, I was probably an annoying little kid to hmm. Mark G and Raffle and Pete Middleton and Jamie Vince and all those guys uh Sid and all that I was I was hustling them all the time on the yeah. gate you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you yeah. wanted to shake me off right um but you learned a lot for those guys you know yeah one of the first lessons I learned was from uh Marchy and he had a real motocross outlook on stuff I felt and I really sort of uh I really hooked onto that where he was my first sort of lateral thinker yeah. so instead of going we go down this way we go left we go over a few jumps, we go right over. He was like jumping bound to bound. Mm-hmm. And I got on the way. It was that first race meeting in Bournemouth where um, I'm just going around the track. He's going, get out of the way, I'm going to do a jump. What's this guy doing? Like, you know? right. And he hit first corner into one of the last corners mm-hmm. and he jumped like for miles. Yeah. I go, oh my God. You know? Yeah. He gave me a different look of how things can be done. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, so end of the year, when that was a good year, I was still training and stuff, winter training, never gave up the training. I still training every day, every day. Uh, I'm into it now. I was picked up then by Robinson. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. So before I did that, I thought, you know what? Um, my dad said, you're ready for super class. The other experts, I think their parents were saying, no, no, not yet, not yet. Mm. No, no one's ready for it yet. you got to do this. I'm going, no, 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 I can have it. I can have it. So it was a risk. It mm-hmm. was a big risk. You yeah. Know? Uh, Butmore Park was the first Supercash race when I was 15. Jason Maloney was in it. Huh. And um, it's almost like, and I'm not being funny, but for an expert, you could say battle-hardened expert from that age group. Yeah. It's as if they were standing still. Yeah. And that's not to disrespect them. The lines were different. Mm-hmm. They'd be going around the turns, I'd just go on the inside. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd be jumping the tabletop and I'd have speed jumped at all. Right. You know? So there was a different sort of maybe a bit younger people coming up. You know, it's like I was looking at stuff as into minimal gains on everything, mm-hmm. which would put you in a better position. So, yeah, cash money straight away. Um, it was... Kind of battle with Stocky a little bit. Darren Stock, Halford's big, strong oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, so that year. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. Year. So I think I'm on Robertson at that point. Now. Yeah, yeah, 86. Yeah, so that year was good. Slough. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was... Um, Tony Hoffman ahead of his time mm-hmm. you know uh, for what he tried to lay out with all the TV stuff and the sponsorship and the deals and stuff and um, again contract as a factory pro we're going to do these things you're going to have your signature plates signature bus helmet signature helmet mm-hmm. Barry Sheen's guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. painted my AGB. helmet uh, yeah you might know the shop I had bikes made by a road racing cycler shop mm-hmm. old Campag to these uh, my bike was incredible that what they done for me with Campag record hubs and all that track hubs and stuff yeah. tight tight wheels on the new guys and all that I got I got these bikes where like they were trick but mm-hmm. it was almost like a different era yeah, riding yeah. Campag on a BMX bike yeah um, and then the person that tweaked that for me was Clive mm-hmm. Edwards right so I'd get the stuff and then go get rid of that get rid of that do this with this yeah and I built a good friendship there and after that Clive always Dive my bikes in or mm-hmm. go an Edward lock in, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the Robinson, um, 
I love that bike. Nice little bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Chuck Robertson, I think, that year as well. That was kind of special. Uh, gave me some words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that year, been Darren Stock. Steve Bigland maybe it's pretty good Bigland he came in yeah yeah, yeah he was yeah. in super class uh, and John Stockwell mm-hmm. I'm sure and he was coaching me while I was racing oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean so he's like we're going to stop this <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know he was coaching me but in that year it was I was on tour in Europe man of ASR bus with ASR guys I didn't know what had hit me um, well, yeah, maybe talk about that because mid-season you went from Robinson to ASR yeah yeah, yeah. But I was in Robinson with the ASR guys okay. so maybe people don't know that um, you know you Gary Wallace as well don't forget about Gary um, Kevin Rieri I mentioned it before but he was were, on ASR yeah, yeah yeah. but they looked after me in Europe doing all European rounds right so immediately I was hitting European rounds um, and then again I'm, I'm being I'm being battered by like Liam Walravens, Phil Hergerton, um, Pierre Van Zylen, mm-hmm. um, all the big Amir yeah, team, Heckman, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure we'll get. And, and for the that. new ones, um, newer riders listening, the, the, the Dutch Amev team in the mid 80s, which Tom's talking about now, was kind of like the Dutch national team of now, you know, which they always branded. Uh, Gerrit Doos, very ahead of his yeah, game yeah, with the Amev yeah. team, and they just had a strong. Um, presence in superclass. I mean, dominating. You know, so to get in there and mix it with them guys, and we'll get to, we'll get to Germany yeah, in yeah. a minute. But so yeah, that, so that was then my job. So John Robinson, <clears throat> I'm now factory sponsored to death. All I got to do is uh, ride my bike. Mm-hmm. So Tony was paying you as stuff as well. Like yeah, full, yeah, full, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full factory. I didn't have to work. This is the thing. So it was, I wasn't concerned about money or anything mm-hmm. um, I'd do races to get paid for that mm-hmm. um, he'd send me on things I'd go to Ireland or Scotland or wherever and uh, just promote the brand mm-hmm. um, like so many things happened it's, it's hard to recall but you know the photo shoots with mm-hmm. the models in the magazine yeah yeah stuff, yeah you know? we'll, we'll, I'll get one of them pictures out to go with this yeah yeah um, yeah so he had a really professional outlook of what a factory sponsored rider should look but mm-hmm. it really was a base of I think it was the first take on a sports person so a sports person um, with a following or a personality I think Tony or, without even knowing but I was just what you're saying now and, and what I know and thinking about it was probably trying to turn you into the next kind of ruffle march the next the next kind of Building up your yeah. profile, you know. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. I mean, yeah, yeah. we we done some stuff where I, mean, I don't even know how to do it today, like, but I would, he would get me along to have open evenings with Tom Lynch. Yeah, um, yeah. So being like, I think it was Derby Stadium we done one. Right, I'd trophy be, presentations. You did a lot of those. Yeah, didn't you? yeah. We were going around the country doing yeah. trophy presentations. Would have um like live, like a chat live shows. show. Yeah, like a chat, yeah. Doing chat yeah shows. I remember now. Yeah, Tony Hoffman chat show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and I have to arrive late for stuff, yeah. you know. I have to arrive, I'll be waiting outside. When can I get me the gang in yet? Right. Um, but wear this, wear this is the the Uvex goggles or right. glasses. Um, you got to wear this, dress like this, answer these questions. He was a questions. great promoter, Tony was. Yeah. The fan clubs, mm-hmm. but the fan clubs in a way that no one knows your personal life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that went along with the training anyway, where, you know, 
Rocky, women weak in legs, always had that one. Right. You want to win, don't get involved with women. Um, so Hoffman was away, man. He was away with that. We mm-hmm. changed the bikes every month or so. Mm-hmm. So I'd have a, I'm looking at one up on the wall. Yeah. So we changed the bikes out and that'd be the latest colour. And mm-hmm. people buy that colour. Mm-hmm. People buy the chrome, the white, the blue. Yeah. Um, of the Robinson. But it was nice. The signature plates. Yeah. And all the, the URP lined up, this core sponsor signature plates and they were just was that like, Steve Hassel's dad? yeah that's yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Morris they were selling the like, hotcakes they I was having royalties into like the 90s for those plates you know yeah, it was yeah. incredible they went really really well um, with the tour bus uh, the name on the bus and stuff going around Europe and all that was phenomenal uh, little Scott Beaumont yeah annoying us um, yeah Scott Beaumont was on Robinson yeah, with you yeah, 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 yeah. he'd have been about uh, seven or something yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So with all that gone on, so the outfit was great. Um, we were sponsored by Nike, mm-hmm. you know, so there's some big things going on there. I'm looking at an old plate up there. Yeah. But um, yeah, so all that was going on and that in a sense was a bit of a distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel as if Tony was doing great work ahead of the time, but I think he then created something that maybe went beyond that. Because mm-hmm. of course now I can, I feel like I can't walk among, like other people. But I didn't want to be like that. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be, a supercar guy that couldn't go and mix mm-hmm. with the little kids and all that. I wanted to be accessible, mm-hmm. you know. So he really pumped me up, man. That was something spectacular, you know. Yeah, yeah. All the adverts and the narrative and all the interviews and all that sort of stuff. So he created a great following for what I was doing on the track and. Um, I think Robertson as a team was successful. Yeah, yeah. At that point. Um, but he was a visionary ahead of his time. Uh, he really was, you know. So let's talk a little bit about uh, mid-season. By then, you were starting to, like say, we battled with Darren Stark. The National Series was still going on. Uh, but in the middle of that, you've got uh, two biggies. You've got the European Championships in Germany. And then you've got the Slough World Championships that followed that. Two, yeah. uh, again, just two amazing... Yeah. performances from you first one let's talk about uh the final round of the superclass european championships at the european championships <clears throat> um you took on the dutch guys the amf guys uh yeah yeah just tell us a little bit about uh, that whole so maybe for the brits maybe they didn't realize that <clears throat> we've been doing it all year yeah so the superclass series is all year yeah so you races we're racing all around belgium france holland and wherever doing it all um so you're putting in the hours, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, my dad was training me, but yeah, I got John Stockwell training me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I'm living in London and um, I'm riding skate parks with Clive and Darren Wood. Um, I'm riding the woods up near my house, but I used to live going back there to ride the, the dirt and the woods with Darren O'Neill, um, a main contender, serious competitor. Um, I'm Rob Stobart. Um, I'm hanging out just riding ramps with um, Will Smith now Dig yeah. you know the Jive crew yeah. you know so we're doing all these phenomenal things even riding Flatland with them um, Phil Dolan yeah and, yeah, Phil, um, yeah, and, yeah. and um, ramps with um, Zach Shaw mm-hmm. uh, Rom and then of course um, one of our favourites an accident just very recently I think it's going to come to me we're riding ramps, mini ramps, um, and quarter pipe, half pipes, down at Roman stuff, and 
not that I'm getting out high, but I'm I'm landing on the flat from these jumps and rom, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 bursting myself, you know. So I'm doing all this sort of training, um, and all these different aspects of BMX training on the country roads on my BMX bike. Uh, involved my little little guy that used to hang around with Dingo Race and my little mate called Totty. He'd be timing me and stuff. So I'm doing everything. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, when the races um, came, uh, it's almost like I'd done it. Mm-hmm. So I'm training for three finals. At the time when I was doing one final, I'm training for three. So at that time in Germany, my bike was trick. It would dart in. I could trust it. I tasted the dirt lots on that bike. Um, um, I feel as if my body is actually warm just because of the crashes and stuff that whole year. Uh, I think I might have been on my third bike, actually, because it's just bashing them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, all, it was all coming into place. And then what really topped off for that the actual race itself was, I know what I'm up against, <clears throat> but I've got John Stockwell psyching me up. Right. But what people don't know is in the dark in the darkness of the winter sort of time we're at training I didn't want to run he made me run I didn't want to go out and do stuff in the wet we're going out and doing stuff in the wet mm-hmm. it's almost like he was such a great coach at that time yeah that before the final I'd have gone around that track three times you know I would eat I would have eaten the tyres off my mm-hmm. bike to win that race you know I just flew out the gate probably one of the best starts I ever had um in amongst that sort of uh, level of competition, it was a little harder. I'm already racing the world champions, right? You know, yeah, yeah. For Hookton and all that sort of crew, you know. Amazing picture of you beating him around the first <clears throat> corner. There's you, and then there's yeah. four or five yeah, AMF yeah. guys. And I'm tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> in the front, and then a little gap, and then like yeah, four or five AMF yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. A great picture, and if you get to see the final on YouTube, it's totally worth the watch. And for again, for the ones that don't know. Tom went from winning 15-year-old expert at the European Championships to winning Superclass at 16 a year later. In today's terms, that is winning 15 challenge at the European Championships and then winning elite men the following year. So that's kind of what Tom did, if you look at it in today's terms. And uh, yeah, something that no one, I believe, has... Mm. Maybe Christoph kind of, but he's still a couple of years right. older than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But Christoph yeah. was still a couple of years older than you, and I don't right. believe he even won Superclass the first year. Right. So anyway, it's it's something that's yeah. I don't think ever been done, yeah. in today's terms, probably never will be done either. Right. So, okay. um, how did it feel to win that? Um, do you know what? Uh, with that, uh, I suppose if I'd taken my bike to the absolute edge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I always say success is messy. Mm-hmm. It was. That race, it wasn't as smooth as it could have been. I've always I've replayed it. I always say I pictured it to yeah. be smooth, perfect. But to be on the edge of your tyres and every pedal stroke was a pedal stroke that your foot could have flown yeah. off from. Even from carving the first turn, over the triples, the next turn. And you've got pedaling. grown men. You're still a kid. I mean, <laughs> Phil Hugendorn, you know, the AMF team. Oh, they the time, hated it. They hated they, it. They, even the lovely guys, but they always seem like big, grown, scary men. Yeah, you know, big moustaches and all Bass that. went into that group yeah, yeah. the following couple of years, but it always, they always seemed so much older than us all. And for you yeah, at 16 yeah. uh, to yeah. do that, you know. But also, I mean, calculating even like the pedal strokes, so I think it was a step up there, but pedaling all the way through it. Yeah. Using my Richie Anderson aspect. Yes. You know? And it came to the part where I think the second last turn, again, 
I'm not laughing that it's easy. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing because I'm enjoying that moment of yeah, the success. Yeah. You kind of cruise around the last so, corner and look on your shoulder, yeah. don't you? So it's again, it's that feeling, and I don't know if other, hopefully other people do have that feeling where I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, yeah. At this moment, I'm, I'm floating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, know? yeah. Um, and that is something I always remember. Mm-hmm. But then that is only because of the hours put in, the hard work, the dedication, you know. I mean, like, to give an example, to get to that point, that's like, you know, I know we're looking at a punch bag in here. Um, but to get to that point of putting in the hours, that's training until you can't train anymore. Mm-hmm. That's like not doing the parties, not doing the school discos, you know, that's keeping keeping nice and straight edge to do your achievement, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that took a lot of sacrifice, but maybe, I don't know what's that in today's world, but... Um, the certain things you've got to give up if you really want that success. You yeah, know? yeah. And um, I never say it was easy, but it was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And then we went, a couple of weeks later, we went on to Slough. Huge for, obviously it's the World Championships, but huge for UK BMX, for our home World Championships, the first opportunity yeah. for, for all of us, really, to, to get to race at the big stage on our own country. Um, talk about Slough. Um, so Slough was um, something quite... Special where I think I won the pre worlds. Mm-hmm. I was on Robinson. <clears throat> um, I felt at that point, you know, I mean, I'm even, I'm even I'm training at night time. I'm at my bike at night training, and um, I felt super fast, super strong. Um, I wouldn't even get tired. It's almost like I knew this was it. So to know you'd be at your physical peak at that point, where I wouldn't. I wouldn't tie myself out. It was, there was something going on where I'd got to a point of like, this is the fastest, and I knew it, this is the fastest I'm ever going to be. Mm-hmm. This is it. And in a sense, a bit of a sad moment because you know it's all at stake. You know, this is the moment. So I won the pre-worlds, was good, but then there was a little bit of eruption there where I switched teams. In that week? In that week. Oh, I didn't realise it was that week. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So pre-worlds, I was on Robertson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the world, no, pre-Worlds on Robinson, the Worlds was on ASR. Right. So that for me was like, okay, well, we're not going to change the bike much, but the gear's going to change. Um, but even that was like, I'm so specific. So mm-hmm. I'm riding at these points with no protection, no no elbow pads, no knee pads or anything. I've got no skin left on my elbows, on my knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- my knuckles are red raw. I've got blood coming inside of my my palms, you know, my, uh, my thumb, you know. So I'm training hard and... Um, it was probably too much to do. It was on reflection, too much to do within a week, you know, to get ready on a different setup. But in any case, it produced quite a lot of um, hysteria, I think, at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there was transfer fees and stuff like that because ASR was a bit special. They had some serious, like, pros on that team. Mm-hmm. It seemed to be the place the pros would go to, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, money's no object. The vehicles and fleet was no object. Anything you want is no object. Um, it was Alan Sop. He was, he was a great uh, mentor, you could say, and also business guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted the team that was the best. That's what he wanted, mm-hmm. you know. So you got to deliver that. Um, so getting up to that week, I'm training, I'm training, I'm training. And I'm thinking, well, I've beaten everyone I've got to beat. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's there, mm-hmm. you know. So using my motocross mentality, as in I'm getting ready the night before, the night before, 
Um, that's a Will Smith quote, actually, uh, from uh, <clears throat> Dig Magazine, not the Hollywood superstar. Um, I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone. It's yeah. like I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not seeing anybody. Everything's smooth. I'm focused, focused, focused. But then, um, randomly, I'm getting interviewed by TV and stuff. And it's put me off. It's put me off. Randomly, you've got to do promotional things. It's put me off. It's put me off. Uh, not in the zone. But in any case... Um, well, dialed, everything couldn't have been more perfect for that. And we've talked about it over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about the final. <laughs> I had my moves, had my lines. I knew that track very well. I think I'd played all my lines. I'd played all my lines. Mm-hmm. So Team Amev, you would never, you do not get away with anything on a team like that. If there's something you're doing that has been noticed and is noticed, they're going to notice it. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> they were on it. They were on it, mm-hmm. you know. They had masseuses working on them. They had doctors on the team there. Mm-hmm. They were they were ready. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'd beaten them a few weeks before. Mm-hmm. They didn't like that. But you know what? I had really good friends on that team. And I thought I'd make, I'd, I'd make Team Amiv one day. But um, with that, it's all at stake. Home track. Amazing crowd. We had thousands of people on that ground. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was a little uh, bit of a argument with Chris Hoy's dad and my dad. Because, of course, I'm Scottish. Yeah. Racing for England. He's Scottish, he's from Scotland. Right. And I'm going, well, I qualified in England. My dad was talking to his dad. Right. And I was, did I have the Union flag on my forks, I think, or something like that? Oh, he should okay. have a Scottish flag. Right. I got like, it's distraction, stop distracting me, you know? So there was lots of distraction yes. at that time. Lots and lots of distraction. Obviously, the BMX fans were there, the Kellogg's people were there, it was all going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it came, I felt pretty strong. And what I have to say is, you know, people were like Tony Fleming, uh, down in stock all these people again I'm finding that my own competitors are pushing me to do well and I'm thinking this is phenomenal like we we battle every weekend but yet they want me to do well and in the same race mm-hmm. in the semis and all that they're pushing me pushing me and even years later on I was having the same sort of push forward mm-hmm. even Geth rammed into me at um, Norway or Denmark he rammed into me to make me go faster right. you know so like <laughs> I don't know, the, the, there's, a, there's maybe a level you get to that sort of point where you've got your buddies and stuff and also people that have got mutual respect. If you're in a good position it's, and, and you're going to have it, they're going to... We didn't have the team Amev, but we had, you know, UK BMX spirit. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that was really something. I really felt that. Yes. I really felt that at that time. Um, so yeah, the, the main came and um, it's very difficult to keep a clear mind on that because all going on, this is it. This is this moment. And we were talking earlier where... But gate wasn't great. First jump at a bit of a higher bit. We've talked about that. We'll have to rewatch the video. Mm-hmm. And I, my pedal just weren't enough. I think I was in second at one point. But the lines were messy. My lines were over the place. Because my lines were taken up. They were taken up by Amev. Amev knew it. Yeah. Amev knew that. And um, that's the sort of competitors you got to go against, you know. Um, obviously, we're talking about the first jump. And the lines and stuff like that. But then maybe I could probably reflect on the moments in time where a lot of this stuff, I think, when you have that balance of you don't hear the crowd, you've got the focus. I do think that that was maybe something I picked up from judo, so martial arts. So we got, I got to that point of your mind's clear, you're ready for battle in a sense, or your opponent... <clears throat> so that discipline, that discipline to keep that, that mind free of um, anything that could uh, mess up a little bit. So, yeah, I'm trying to keep it together in this race. This race is like slow motion now. 
slow motion where every line, every move is taken, it's taken, or someone's there, or I've dived underneath someone, and they're up high. So in my mind, the race is not over yet, and, and until I've actually crossed that line, in my mind, I can still win this race. Um, but I found myself in a, a particular situation on the last turn where I was behind Addy van der Ven, and I was even pulling my brake and pedalling, because I can't, I'm, the guy's in front of me, you know, I'm, I'm not making the lines, the line's taken, like I said, and, um, that's crazy in the world's mate, you're like, you're um, like backing up, you know, yeah, no, um, I don't know many people can say that, I'm putting my brake, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's almost like, not that I didn't think I deserved to win, mm-hmm. maybe we, we talk in the future, we talk about some psychological moments in time of different races where that did happen, um, <clears throat> but, in that particular point, I'm braking, I'm pedaling by an Adi van der Ven. I haven't got a clear shot, I haven't got a clear line. And I just pedal like crazy to the finish line. But the different section, the speed bump and a jump or something like that. Where there was a, I there, The last jump was, a, the last straight was long, but there was a speed jump. Mm-hmm. And then like kind of a, yeah, a kind yeah. of a table thing. But people were yeah. riding it, people were jumping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I could have taken a different way. But obviously I've, I've analysed that an awful long time but then what you don't do on reflection is analyze it you cannot know what your opponent will do at that reaction you can end in the slip and if uh for Hogan, you can't think that those riders at that level would do the same thing as they're doing at that time so it really is a moment in time and um, I got a third, uh, which is great, pedal to the line. I could have kept on pedaling. I could have yeah. kept on pedaling forever. I could have done the race again <laughs> and again. You know? But I've got to say, people should be happy with the third place at yes, World Championships. Absolutely, yeah. You should be, you mm-hmm. should be. But for me, I couldn't let myself celebrate it because mm-hmm. it wasn't what I was aiming for. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I think the come down from that is something because people congratulate you, but then people know John Stockwell knew all mm. these people know around me. Yeah. Steve Pollard I met that day. Keith Dooley I met that day. He yeah. rode my bike for the first time, you know. <laughs> so it's almost like you and I, and I know it. I think, oh, God, man, that's another year to get to that point. You know, mm-hmm. that that's a lot of training, a lot of work to put in. So I had to be happy with the third place. Yeah. So I suppose today they call that a bronze. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A podium. Better, <laughs> but the third place in the world. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the race. It was messy. It's probably one of the messiest races I've ever done. Um, but that's what it takes at that level, you know. Um, and and I rerun that race so many times. And it does always have the same outcome. Yeah. So actually, because yeah. you, you, you calculate what other people would do. So what other people would do when you do that move or this move or that move or this gate or that, you know. Uh, yeah, so always I've loved, I've loved to have won that race. But um, yeah. But then, you know, maybe if I'd have won that, I might have retired. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at the top, so you're striving to be the best all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. What else would there be to do? Not unless, how many times you won the wires there? Two elite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Then a vet, and then a bunch of old man stuff. But you still had a successful year. You went on to win the national number one superclass for that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears> you... That was the first year in superclass, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, first year superclass. Yeah, beating yeah. Starkey for the... Yeah, down stock, yeah. For the number one plate. And then the following year, 1987, still on ASR. ASR, yeah. You yeah. Uh, went on to be Andy Walsh bumped up and was yeah, kind of your did. next rival who just won the Slough Worlds he in the did, 15. Yeah. He was kind of following your path as young guy, winning everything in amateur. And then all the my old 15 expert guys, age came guys, up. they came up. Yeah. 
Um, pretty much all of them. And Winnie, did Winnie come up that year? Um, the year I think Winnie yeah. came the year after, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know, kind of a, a really big stacked group of series contenders, you know, for Superclass. Yeah. Um, I think I won number one that year too. I think it came Superclass. down to you, well, it came down to you and Andy Welsh and you beat him at Townslow, I think, which was the decider. And uh, right. you won okay. the main, which gave you the uh, number one plate for two right. years in a row. Yeah, cool. Fifth yeah, place. That. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Fifth place, uh, world championship. Fifth or sixth. Oh, yeah, fifth. Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Orlando. So t- tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Mike King. Uh, yeah, that was super it. Super class. So, the pre worlds, I got the second behind Todd Corbett. Okay. The week before. Yeah. That was cool. Went over there with Rob Dobart and his dad, Vince. Um, that was pretty cool. We um, had fun times in. Wet and wild. Yeah. <laughs> John Stockwell as well. John Stockwell too. Right. We had a great time. But yeah, so pretty down for that. It's pretty hot. Um, a lot of pressure on Mike Kinyakalis, Mike King, Cullen, Andy Dave Cullahan. Andy Walsh is in the main as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically you were sweating so much you couldn't see. Your eyes were just like wet, uh-huh. you know. So yeah, I got a fifth in that. Xavier Redwire. Xavier Redwire, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, some big players there. Um but to see to see Mike King, so I raced Mike King back in eighty five worlds. Probably raced him in Canada, yeah. When he was on he was on Huffy, yeah, yeah. He was on Huffy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I met him there for the first time and he was pretty smooth. But then watching the natural talent, <clears throat> we were all getting getting pumped up and all that. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything. Strolled up when the gate one. So oh, it's kind of natural talent. So <laughs> that's sort of a super class you're up against. And then the pros were after that, you know. So yeah, that was that was quite a good year. Um so I still had it, uh ASR at that time. Then I went to ride for Haro. Okay. That. Yeah, yeah. That so then good. you went into nineteen eighty eight Haro. Um and then the arise or the arrival of Neil Wood. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, 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 yeah Neil's yeah. coming. Well I think I was on uh, John was still training me a little bit there. He was on Haro as well. Mm-hmm. He had the first Haro R S one in the country. Mm-hmm. Um I where was I living there? I was still in London. Uh, so training regime slightly changing now, you know, a lot more urban as such, and um, and they would come along, and not that so a couple of years super class number one out of the bag sort of thing, but then you're up against people that are really hungry. Mm-hmm. Like he was your age, yeah? yeah, 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 yeah. So he's really hungry, and I think maybe I'd gotten used to winning. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think he just smashed into me. I think he just like smashed into me, and it was a was that a semi or something. I think it was a semi at Slough. Semi, first yeah, yeah. national of the year. Yeah, I think he just smashed into me, and I didn't make the main. Right. I thought, was that it? Was yes, that, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. Yes. And I'm going. And people were saying, "Complain, complain," and I'm going, "He got me." Yeah, yeah. So it was a surprise, you mm-hmm. know. Um. So yeah, that was quite something. So I battled him all year, um, and he's. A good good guy and he was out there obviously pretty rock and roll as we know mm-hmm. and um did we do a lot of euro runs that year i can't remember we done a few euro runs, he did a few yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah. what kind of minozzi was kind of taking over in europe yeah yeah minozzi yeah, yeah yeah um hang on a man no we hang on minozzi came in in 87 actually right. but it, that was kind of his right. probably 88 89 was when minozzi was uh you know, Minozzi, Wilco, Bass yeah, came into yeah, the class that's it. Yeah. in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, ASR, ASR. Hang on, I got... The, no, I'm still in the year before, actually. So ASR second, would have been 87. Second, 
Euro yeah. 88. Belgium World, no, Belgian Euros. Yeah, that was 87. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Euro. Uh, uh, you got second behind Minosi. I did, yeah, that was yeah. it, that was it, that was it. Lining him up for the... Because it's that big Coleman, picture yeah. of you and Minosi going over the big doubles when he's on Robinson. Yeah. And the gotcha pants and you're an yeah. ASR. He's styling the crowd. it. Yeah. He's styling it. I'm going to take him out. He doesn't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> he shit himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was good. But then let's not move forward too quick because that year, we, as in Delhams and Clive Gosling, we went to Perpignan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a Masters race, was it called? It was uh, yeah. January 1988. I was still amateur. Clive was still amateur. It was uh, just kind of an invitational, two or three yeah. guys from each country. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they... I, I think they select at least England. I think uh, you were super class number one. I was number one 16s. And I think Clive was... Number one, number two, and 17, 17 plus. X, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah, so that was quite good when I'd been jetted around and stuff like that. And it then... was my first fully expense, which my dad hadn't paid. Um, right. Fully expense, funded kind of a, I guess it was the first kind of national yeah, team yeah, little, yeah, yeah, little yeah. thing without us even knowing, but Carol was our manager. Carol, yes, yeah, yes. We flew yes. into Paris and then we took the sleeper train yeah. down to the south of France. Well, Carol was a threat for all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what we've done with that, Carol. No, no. Yeah. She was like team mom and yeah. then, you know, was talking yeah. to Cynthia Murray just last weekend. She kind of came in the 90s as well and kind of did the same thing, kind of team manager mom and, yeah. and did some great things with the riders during them periods, you know. But oh, Carol right, for sure. Times. And I think Carol's still involved now, right? Yeah, oh, phenomenally. So, so that was a great trip. That was yeah, our first yeah. one. Remember, we got we got off at, uh, got off the sleeper train and all the other riders were scheduled to come in at the same time from Holland, doing yeah, bass from yeah. Holland and, yeah. and Xavier. The and, marching band. Yeah, there's marching bands from, from the... <laughs> From the, the, the railroad station to, yeah. to the event, we literally yeah. was in a, in a parade. I remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's incredible stuff. I mean, I think at those times, the amount of money was in BMX yeah. in Europe was, was crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. So we did, we got flown over then, we had Paris restaurants and all that, and yeah. Tour of Paris and everything. Everything else. was paid, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Couldn't believe you. I'm thinking, where's my personal limo now? Right. But then getting the train, that was, that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we hung out there with um, Minozzi, Redwar, um, all the other pros, Bergen, yeah, yeah. On that carpet, indoor carpet race. Yeah, but not yeah. Bonanza, I think it's yeah, called in yeah, France, yeah. Yeah, I lost all the skin of my elbows again, straight through <laughs> the shirt. Yeah, that was kind of fun. That yeah. was good fun. Um, so where are we now? Is that 88? So that's moving into 88 with 88. what you just talked about yeah, with yeah. Neil, yeah, the first yeah, national. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was on Howard then with Neil. And that year, I think I was quite tough because you, you do come to a point and psychologically it's quite challenging where you know I thought a bit earlier you know that's the fastest you're ever going to be mm -hmm. so as a sports person that's the that's the moment that, that is it so how do you advance from that if physically you can't just say or you've, you've trained to to the, the peak of what your body will let you mm -hmm. so knowing I sort of knew that year that Neil would take it you know and that's hard to swallow, like you know. But I kept on trying the stuff, you know. There's other contenders that was coming that were coming through all the time. Um, end of that year, I think I gave him my number one plate as a gesture of goodwill and respect because he 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 came with something else, mm -hmm. and that's really lining us up to. Um, obviously you coming, and um, Anthony uh, Rebel. Uh, Anthony Rebel, he he's yeah. coming up, but also. There was a certain element of the, the racing and setup of the bikes were changing, the smaller bars, the lower seats and all that. So I was adapting my bike as well in doing that and delivering that minimal gains all the time to try and get the edge and all this sort of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, 
Clive filing down stuff and putting <laughs> on my Campagnolo track hubs and we're trying everything like you know um, but also um, for Christoph Christoph Levesque joining and all that so mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff happening here that is starting to change the way people are riding mm-hmm. and the way they're attacking the pack so it got a bit more aggressive I feel you mm-hmm. know um, so yeah that was a good year but second place was okay I suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was my second place plate my number two UK BMX plate there is quite a a famous picture of you kicking my ass <laughs> when you come to race silver class for the first year so now we're in I well I jumped in halfway through the season right. so oh right okay yeah yeah I jumped in that was your first year then yeah so I came right. in for the last three four nationals yeah and the British championships yeah and the, the picture of me and you is, is at Paul which I think yeah. Steve Barden shot yeah yeah I'm Steve, on, yeah, I'm on Steve cycle craft and shot uh, many of those pictures you know yeah um 89? That, 89 that was 90 that, that was 88 88 yeah yeah okay yeah and then 89 we went to uh you guys elf i think it was elf yeah yeah we, we all went on team elf yeah we all then yeah. went on team elf yeah yeah As i was Robstad, vince imported elf yeah i yeah. think it was hot wheels maybe involved a little bit unless i can't remember uh, vince did it direct I'm sure but anyway we put vince. a great little kind of a we started i think our own little national um kind of amev Replica yeah, yeah, in a smaller yeah. scale, I think that yeah. was the plan. So that's Clive, Greg Gosling, Rob Stover, of course, you, Anthony Rebel, Ian Archibald. Ian Archibald joined, at some point, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Darren O'Neill came Darren in as well. O'Neill. And Carl Alford, he joined the team. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. We had a great time. 89, yeah, yeah. I love those elves. Um, and then the elf came out with the double cross. I also loved I love yes. jumping on that bike. Yeah, no. well, that's the time of the LRP, you see. Yeah. So that's what's happening there. So this is when the time when you're kind of transitioning to, you're starting to seem like you bring you, you went more the fun route, can I yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, You know, it's like... So um, I even talked about Craig Scott. I talked to Craig Scott with this because there was a certain, as a competitor, there's a certain kind of impact that does have on you psychologically of you're the guy, you're winning, you're bringing it home sort of thing. But then all of a sudden, other people are beating you. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. And some people at that time made a big deal about retiring. But I didn't want to retire. I still love riding my bike and I still do it today, you know. So what do you do? So people are expecting a lot. So the actual pressure on you to still win when you weren't physically capable of it Mm -hmm. or had trained for it, put in the miles like I talked about earlier on. What is it you do? That's a hard situation to be in because you'd built a following and you're letting down your following mm-hmm. and you're trying to explain, hey, look, but I still ride, ride my bike, I am my, my, my guys, you know, we have great fun, we're still touring Europe, we're still doing it all, we're still turning up to all the races, we're having great fun anywhere we go um, and had some amazing experiences and life-changing experiences, I'll say that too, you know, uh, but it was fun and I've got to say, Hanging out with LRP, we called ourselves London Rocket people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably more fun than the competitiveness because, let's face it, you only have fun after you've done the race and that's your weekend wiped out anyway. Mm-hmm. So we probably had more fun hanging, chilling, just having a good laugh um, on the tour buses, whatever country you're in. He was a bit of a mom's favourite at the oh. time. So he was a little bit older than us, so we weren't really, you know, we were too young to... To, to be looking well, that direction, but it always seemed like you was kind of the the mum's favourite at the track, right? 
That's funny. No. That, that does come up. That does come up. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. The long, black, that... flowing hair, you know? <laughs> it was uh, that, that does the nice up. guy. Well, I think maybe a couple of things on that is, you know, to be respectable, um, look out for everyone. I was looking after all the kids. There was a rider's rep. I was looking after the kids, but Clive maybe did the enemy. So doing all these sort of things here, um, I think people have seen that. Yeah, as a, yeah. a role model. Role model don't forget, yeah. the role model came from the hotshot days, the contract, the passing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this accumulation of things have happened. But the mothers also see that as well. You see the single mothers. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. But then, <laughs> I'm good for Sunday dinner. Right. Uh, you know, also good to meet the parents. But I think that's maybe on a professional outlook. You know, yeah, yeah. Where nothing ever happened there, but maybe if I go back to the Tony Hoffman moments, mm-hmm. I mean, we've done Looking Magazine and everything. Mm-hmm. And a great thing about all those times where, you know, if you look at a pop star and such, they don't have a girlfriend mm-hmm. or a boyfriend or whatever. They're accessible. Yeah. So in a sense, throughout the 80s, early 90s, I was accessible. Yeah. It's almost like you could believe that you knew me. Yeah, and yeah. I did have and many connections. Cut. Yeah, clean cut, many connections with the, the BMX fans and stuff. Yeah. And they were just my people. Yeah, you know? yeah. So when I reflect on that, yeah. I think it is funny. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, some lovely people at BMX and had some great supporters and stuff. And you learn these things along the way where someone somewhere, you might have said something too. And even today it comes back now. I didn't know that you know, in 1985, I said one sentence to one person that had an impact in their life, you mm-hmm. know? So there's a great responsibility. Mm-hmm. So that, in a sense, was something quite positive. Yeah. But even today, the buddies always rip the piss out of me for, for, <laughs> that, for that. I was a favourite with the moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? no. But also, uh, the favourite for, like, you know, it's this sort of image, mm-hmm. you know? And... To understand you have to go along with it, but it was me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, definitely, it was inspirational for everybody. I think you know, and uh, people could see that. Um, so as you was we move into the nineties, it seemed like you was deciding to go the work route, the ambulance, everything. Yeah, so yeah, maybe tell yeah. us how you did that alongside, you know, like you said, keeping yeah. it in BMX, still keeping it fun with the London guys. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you uh, transition um, into work life? Okay, so. Um, so my dad was uh, pretty hardcore. He's going like, you know, um, you always have these comments throughout your, any sports person would get comments as in, what are you going to do after that? It's not going to last forever. And that gets in the way, you know, so you have to ignore that sort of stuff and just follow your dreams as such, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, really um, have a certain level of positivity because that does most of the work, you know, mm-hmm. the mindfulness, the positivity, all the stuff that people talk about today. Uh, you have to apply those things. So dad said, you got to get a job, a proper job. you got to, you got to do something, you know. Um, BMX was sort of easing back a little bit, I think, in the world, you could say. Um, we still kept the presence, me and my buddies and the elf guys and all that. Um, just hanging out at tracks and being asked to attend tracks and a bunch of guys being asked to attend tracks around the country just for a bit of publicity and stuff and have a good laugh and mm-hmm. um, we did that you know helping the kids early bmx clinics and coaching and stuff yeah um so that was really good but the transition in a sense um i was still we we're still taking part in the bexhill backyard 
Ram yeah, yeah, jams. Yeah, yeah. Some great pictures of you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're still doing all that. Backyard, early yeah, backyard, yeah, backyard uh, jams. 90, was that 91 or something? Something like that. Um, yeah, but then I did my eye on joining the ambulance service um, years and years before that, you know. Um, and it wasn't such a sense of having to get a proper job as such, because I don't even think today I do a proper job. It's not a proper job at all. <laughs> it's it's something quite special, really, you know, to deal with people and help people, you know. Um, so, yeah, I started to, I'm still racing and trying to work. The shift got in the way, early doors, shift got in the way, and uh, I was not making mains then, you know. I think I ended up, I think I was still at 7th in UK, 11th in Europe. So mm -hmm. I'm still bringing in, I can still make the main. Yeah, yeah. Switzerland was my last name. Lake it was Switzerland about 1990 then, yeah. Yeah, got a third or something. I was on Elf. Got a yeah, third okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, so I still, still hang in there. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed the part of just hanging out with the buddies. Yeah. Uh, doing the tours, European tour. We'd that red Slag bus would be in Slaghaaren or Germany, hanging out with the German friends and French friends, you know. So yeah. We had a really good um, uh, uh, load of people we could go and stay with and visit mm -hmm. you know you find yourself in Saint-Tropez um, <laughs> with the French guys and racing in where did we talk about earlier not Lyon oh Perpignan no no no, no, no. Uh, we went to Toulouse. Toulouse, Toulouse Toulouse that indoor we went to yeah and then yeah. snowboarding mm -hmm. uh, team so we're still trying to have that lifestyle yeah but of course everyone is getting the point where like we better get some jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we better get some We're jobs. We've got to pay now. for this now. <laughs> so that's hanging about with like Marcus Rich as well, Tim O'Shea. Yeah. Um, obviously, Carl Alford and the crew. We're a really tight crew mm -hmm. of guys that I'm still connected with today. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Dal Gibbard as well. So there's a whole bunch of people there that really made those times special. You know, so you've got a tight crew, you can do anything. Yeah. We hit the clubs, we hit the raves. Um, We've done all the acid house stuff. Right. We didn't do any drugs. We've done everything like that as, as a team, you know, mm -hmm. um, led by Pollard, Steve Pollard, of course. So we've done all these things, um, which are amazing. But I feel sort of sad inside that the BMX days sort of came to an end. But that's inevitable in any sport, mm -hmm. isn't it? Um, so, yeah, hitting the big races uh, didn't seem important anymore because I had to go to work, mm -hmm. you know, so... So you got a job to do, you know, so I focused on that. Um, I think it hit me where I was, I get my, take my BMX back to work and hit Brixton Skate Park, mm -hmm. you know, so do a shift, hit Brixton Skate Park afterwards, right. like, you know, but the kids didn't know what was going on, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, about 92. So that'd have been uh, 92, <clears throat> 93. <throat> Maybe talk about... Um... Well, that's when Carl came back from the US, he lived in the US, so did Clive, they went to the US. Carl mm -hmm. um, came back with Nirvana on a tape, <laughs> played it for the first time, and we just went crazy, like, you know? Right. So that grunge had arrived. And then tell us a little bit, like, so, like I said, as you move more into the ambulance, and then the whole bike thing, and coaching alongside that, right? Yeah, yeah, Would yeah. that go well, hand that in hand? at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've done a few years in the ambulance service, still racing, hooking up the buddies and stuff. <clears throat> we'd ride tracks and go and have little sessions, just jumping sessions, you know, and uh, just hang out, which was great. Um, and then I'd done two things at the same time, which was uh, launch a, an, a, a paramedic cycle response team, 
and also a, the uh, junior BC uh, squad, mm-hmm. uh, BMX squad. Now, both of those things, I've got to say, uh, Carol Gosling supported me in both of them. Where I'd say, Carol, I've got this idea, but I need to, I need, to, I know what I need to say, but I can't, I can't put it down. Can you help me? And she would, mm-hmm. she was like a, a mum to all of us, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, we'd write the stuff off about the ambulance bike stuff, and then she said to me, "Hey, look, let's do some coaching." I said, "Okay, let's do some coaching, but we need to write the stuff." I said, "Okay, let's, okay, I'll say it, and you write it." You know, so we right. wrote the first coaching frameworks of BMX. Okay. I think I gave my first photos to the Murray brothers, mm-hmm. Joy Goff, I think. Um, I created something called uh, uh, Legend Extreme Riding Camps or something like that. And that was under the BCF umbrella? Yeah, they paid me for that, yeah. yeah so okay. yeah, they yeah. brought me in. So I was the first, I was actually the first qualified BMX coach. And that was like grandfather rights. Yeah. So <clears throat> insurance and everything, all the liabilities, all the training programs. Um, ABCC, Association of something like that. And then British Cycling took it on and said, okay, well, you can do it, Tom. I said, okay, then what do you need? So we wrote this, we wrote the foundations yeah. of how BMX should look. And at the same time, I said, okay, if you want me to do it, I need a team. So the team, I've uh, got a team around me. Um, but the people that are proper me out were Scott Dick, mm-hmm. uh, Carol Gosling, Phil Townsend. Mm-hmm. And they said, I said to them, this is what we need to do. <clears throat> Here's the scope of what we need to do. And how we could get these people in place to be European champions, world champions, and so on. And from that, I picked up Keith Dooley mm-hmm. um, as my sports scientist, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Lisa Routledge as the, the nutritional and fitness expert and massage and stuff like that. So we had a little team, like a little, you could say a little mini AMEV team, you could say, yeah. professional outfit. And BMX had done that before. Mm-hmm. We were doing stuff like um, mental picturing, all the way to physical training, I mean, these kids couldn't run for 10 minutes. Like, they hadn't trained. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was kind of a shock, as in I'd been training since I was eight. Yeah, you know? yeah. So we'd done that. And of course, on board was uh, Sinead Reed, Liam Phillips, Charlie Phillips. Uh, we had um, <clears throat> Jordan Clayton, Sean Fry, and there was a few others along the way. Even Winnie was on the team. Winnie oh, was, was on the team. Yeah, yeah, senior yeah. member. And what, what I did was I pulled in other experts. I pulled in Jamie Staff at the time. Mm-hmm. And I pulled in Dylan Clayton at the time. And we done some stuff, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. from like getting back to basics, figuring out who they were as a person. So we do some uh, mental training as well. And these kids hadn't thought about how they should think. And we got some good results. Immediately we've seen Europeans, champions and world champions in the course. They went on to become Olympians, mm-hmm. you know, um, 2008, 2012. Mm-hmm. So I did it at the same time as my ambulance bike program, which is the year 2000. So it was over a period of two years we did that. And of course that became a success around the world. And you won yeah. a very prestigious award for that, right? Yeah, but that wasn't until like another 10 years went by. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I got the MBE for um, services to cycling and services to the ambulance service. So you got to meet the Queen, right? Yeah. Well, Prince Charles that time. Prince I Charles. Her. I met her before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that yes. must have been pretty cool to win. I mean, that was major news, you know. Well, oh, do you know what? Um, it was, but then I think in anything, like all the people I've talked about there, um, to get to that point of success, you never do it alone. You've got people behind you that get to that point. It just so happens that you soak up the success when you get it. Obviously, mm. it's your determination as well. 
and your focus, self-discipline, all that sort of stuff. But there's a lot of people behind me. So I really hope and I think I have made sure that all the people that helped me on that journey have actually took time to say thank you, you know. Um, and if I haven't, I sure will. Because it's kind of special, you know. Like I said, you can give, you can stop your time and give someone a, a minute of your time and say one thing. And that could make a positive impact. Mm-hmm. And we do more of that today, probably more than ever, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Great few years with the ambulance team. We went worldwide. We've done stuff all around the world. People come to us for expertise. Um, and through all that, the LRP guys have supported me. Uh, Clive supported me with my first fleet of Cannondales. So he sponsored me for that. And then Dave Hemming, as you know, uh, a serious player in the night about world. One of my good buddies as well. So we have been uh, lucky in a sense, but through... Uh, relationships and experiences that we've all had I mean I can relate to you very well when mm-hmm. other BMX buddies can relate to experiences mm-hmm. and you've got to say BMX made me who I am today mm-hmm. you know it really stretches what you think you know mm-hmm. and makes you into a person that can achieve good things that you put your mind to it mm-hmm. so so many lessons I've learned through the BMX days I still apply today the people I've got on my teams get it eventually because uh, you've got to work hard. Mm-hmm. And you want to achieve anything, you've got to really give it the time it deserves and hope it'll lead you somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. What are you, uh, plans for the future? Continue? Um, we're well, rebuilding after COVID. So mm-hmm. COVID, I redeployed everyone on my teams to different parts of the ambulance service to help <clears throat> the whole whole affair. But right now we're recruiting new people putting them back on bikes. Heathrow Airport, Central London, we're doing all that again, which is great. Got some great people on board. They can come into the training room and see my BMX bike, but they're yeah. not allowed to touch. Yeah. Get inspired. <laughs> not allowed to touch. Right. Yeah, yeah, get some going with the, yeah. the BMX bike. Someone said, where's all those kids' bikes? Out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's Richie Anderson, though. Yeah, yeah, Richie yeah. So, um, but I still ran a BMX. So I ran a BMX. I got a nice Harrell. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but it's a modern one, log of top tube, so I can get around the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And my kids have got a fleet of BMX bikes, they've got about 10, mm-hmm. so we hit the tracks and the trails. I'll just have some fun. Yeah, we don't race yeah. as such. Right. Um, we have some fun, you know. That's what it's and all course, about. And I've reconnected all my BMX buddies, you know. Um, let me just have a laugh. We we talked throughout COVID to give ourselves some support, because mm-hmm. I was still at work, and I was three months in a hotel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was crazy. And... Um, we end up doing this, uh, how, how the modern take on things has happened. We do the Zoom call. Right. And for an hour, none of us said anything. Right. We just laughed. Right. <laughs> we just laughed, you know. Yeah. You had Pollard on there, everyone was on there. We just laughed. And that was just hilarious. And that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Joy and happiness and finding that where you can get it, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's so much more we can dig into. I know. And there we, is, will, there? we will there do is. more as we move forward as i say to everybody we don't need to get it all in one podcast the story continues and mm-hmm. uh there's always stuff to add to to, to what we're doing and documenting um well maybe next time we'll talk about the rad crew the we were rad crew yes uh, yes the yeah Keynes with the old bikes and stuff yes yeah. i did the race a few years ago and i've done some secret coaching for the mk team 
to get the kids on track, you know? It's great that your your original club is still going strong yeah, today. Yeah, I still yeah. see events there and the track yeah. still looks pretty Even cool. Even the weekend, yeah, 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 so they're doing well. They're doing well. Yeah. So, yeah, um, everyone keeps it going. And what a great sport to be involved in, you know? Yeah. And let's just finish on, what did you think of the British success of the Olympics? You know, uh, Kai White and... I know our BMX yeah. word is stoked. Yeah. I was super stoked, man, to see that. I was screaming. Yeah. And I think, but, and the thing is, you knew the country was screaming as well, you yeah, know, yeah. which was great. So great opportunities for BMX, absolutely. Great to inspire the youth. Mm-hmm. But the time and effort those guys put in, um, that's really been repaid on the track. Mm-hmm. So to get to that part, to be an Olympian, mm-hmm. I suppose for us, mm-hmm. is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So to BMX and the Olympics, and never mind being the Olympics, being Olympian, getting some medals, mm-hmm. that's top of the chain. That yeah. is, that is, that's, for me, that's godlike status in BMX, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm so happy in the past, we made connections, obviously with CK mm-hmm. on the track, with the coaching stuff and before, before. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we're rubbed off somewhere along the line to influence and help yeah. those people along the way. Because um, I think it's a good BMX family. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of positive there. I think it was great, all the old school guys and all the, old crew of you know everyone was kind of watching and talking about it at the same time and we're all in the same social <clears throat> media kind of yeah. bubble yeah. i guess you call it on yeah. facebook yeah, you yeah, see yeah. Like everyone was so positive and supportive and cheering yeah. them guys on yeah you know? yeah yeah oh we're a great supporter of ck yeah. I and mean, he's done down in the peckham and stuff with all the guys mm-hmm. i sent some people down and see him now and again and also even marcus bloomfield mm-hmm. he was one of so when i started the bmx coaching i coached up other coaches mm-hmm. so i coached um uh, Richard Townsend mm-hmm. is doing the pure bikes now. I coach Marcus. He's one of the first coaches as well. Mm-hmm. So we've laid foundations there. So yeah, the old yeah, school yeah, yeah. hasn't cut them adrift. Hopefully yeah. we've laid foundations to see, yeah. to work out the wrong path mm-hmm. and see things are possible. Yeah. What a great achievement. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, even in the freestyle stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. Yeah. You know? BMX rules, man. Even walking by here to meet you today, I walked by the famous South Banks. And still the same. I didn't realize, you know, yeah. the the skating, the graffiti, yeah. and yeah. there was kids on BMX there, and still, yeah. still there. So Clive took me there in '84. Yeah, and John Stockwell and Darren Woodwell riding mm-hmm. down there. See, and, we uh, could talk about the whole London. Even thing, Charlie yeah. Reynolds was down there as well. We then do circus tricks up in Leicester Square. Right. So back in the early '80s, ah, oh, there's so many things, man. We need so to do a whole things. thing on London. I think next summer I'll come back and spend time in London, mm-hmm. and I think we could <clears> do a whole. Yeah, London. Even episode. the skate parts that don't exist anymore. Rob Injury, Rob Injury came down. Mm-hmm. Steve Barnes was down. But people, we do like a tour, you know. You um, got a little clips on. You got footage of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that stuff. And when he was there too, you know. We could go on forever, we Tom. Could, we could. If um, anybody wants to look into what you're doing, contact you. Check out websites and stuff. Work ambulance. I think you just got to Google my name, BMX yeah. or ambulance, something like that. You yeah. know, um, all the websites are up there. Uh, it's hard to keep a track really because I can't keep a track and not that I would want to anyway but um, yeah. some good stuff up there all positive um, yeah. I hope uh, I'm just I can't get back to everybody I still get a lot of interest which is really good I suppose yeah, keeping yeah. the profile going and all that yeah know? yeah absolutely um, five got today we're on Sky News which yeah. is cool um, so yeah we're keeping it going but all these lessons I learned in BMX and to apply them in this new era of the digital age just say we done it but we done it on paper yeah, <laughs> or telephone yeah. calls you know right How's this well, we've already done it before you know mm-hmm. but you're not in the 80s man or what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh the 80s yeah yeah 
Good stuff. Tom, great talking. Appreciate it. And uh, Thanks, Dale. Thanks for your time, man. Some really interesting questions, and I appreciate that. No problem. Let's go have some dinner.